Hello, and welcome to The Watering Hole, a podcast centered around real conversations with genuine people. I am your host, Skylar Beavers. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Hopefully you spent it with some people that you really care about in a great, safe, and responsible fashion. The holidays are a tough time for many, and especially this year, it's very understandable to feel fatigued or alone or not at your best. And I wanted to say that it means a lot for you to come to this show and spend an hour of your valuable time with me so that hopefully things feel just a little bit better. On today's show, we talk to streamer, content creator, and close friend of mine from Indiana, Chase. We discuss a range of topics going from his school attendance in multiple states growing up, all the way to his powerlifting competitions and his experiences as a content creator and kind of what the pandemic has looked like for him so far this year. Before our interview segment today, we have our food for thought literary piece this week titled Potatoes, Eggs, and Coffee Beans. Once upon a time, a daughter complained to her father that her life was miserable and that she didn't know how she was going to make it. She was tired of fighting and struggling all the time. It seemed just as one problem was solved, another one soon followed. Her father, a chef, took her to the kitchen. He filled three pots with water and placed each on a high fire. Once the three pots began to boil, he placed potatoes in one pot, eggs in the second, and ground coffee beans in the third. He then let them sit and boil, without saying a word to his daughter. The daughter moaned and impatiently waited, wondering what he was doing. After twenty minutes, he turned off the burners. He took the potatoes out of the pot and placed them in a bowl. He pulled the eggs out and placed those in a bowl as well. He then ladled the coffee out and placed it in a cup. Turning to her, he asked, Daughter, what do you see? Potatoes, eggs, and coffee, she hastily replied. Look closer, he said, and touch the potatoes. She did, and noted they were soft. He then asked her to take an egg and break it. After pulling off the shell, she observed the hard-boiled egg. Finally, he asked her to sip the coffee. Its rich aroma brought a smile to her face. Father, what does this mean, she asked. He then explained that the potatoes, the eggs, and coffee beans had each faced the same adversity, the boiling water. However, each one reacted differently. The potato went in strong, hard, and unrelenting, but in boiling water, it became soft and weak. The egg was fragile, with a thin outer shell protecting its liquid interior until it was put in the boiling water. Then the inside of the egg became hard. However, the ground coffee beans were unique. After they were exposed to the boiling water, they changed the water and created something new. Which are you? he asked his daughter. When adversity knocks on your door, how do you respond? Are you a potato, an egg, or a coffee bean? In life, things happen around us. Things happen to us. But the only thing that truly matters is what happens within us. So which one are you?
Welcome to the interview segment of The Watering Hole. My guest today is Chase, a great friend of mine from Indiana and a part-time Twitch streamer and content creator. Uh, so how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Skyler. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we were talking about here how the weather's getting kind of crazy and how fall is kind of not like fall, but that's kind of pretty standard for how the year has been going now. Things don't really go <laughs> that kind of way. Yeah, the Midwest especially, weather here just doesn't make any sense. Pretty much. There's, you know, sometimes in the season where you think things are going to go one way and it'll start to look like that, like uh, Christmas. You'll think that there will be snow on Christmas and then you'll just have an entirely dry year. It's just gray. There's no snow. It's just gray. Pretty much. I wanted to talk to you to kind of start out, though. I like to start at the beginning with everyone. So I wanted to talk to you and ask you kind of tell us about where you're from. Well, uh, technically, uh, I'm from Indiana. I was born here. I've moved around quite a bit. Uh, when I was real young, I uh, spent some time in Nebraska. Um, my dad uh worked did a lot of farm work so we lived out in nebraska for a while while he was working out in the fields and stuff um then moved back to indiana was in indiana until i was about 14 15 and around that time my dad was going through like the early preliminary stages of getting into the air force um he was in the reserves at that time and he had to in order to even get into um he wanted to go active duty ultimately so he had to as a chaplain which is his job he had to have a job as an acting minister or um religious head for two years so he moved out to montana ahead of my family for about a year um he was out there by himself while we like finished school and get got things sorted out in indiana um and then we moved out there with him. I then started, I had started high school in Indiana and then picked up again in Montana. We lived there for, see, I went, did my sophomore, junior and half of my senior year there. So it was, it was actually three years cause I lived there for a year before I started public school there. Um, cause I was home, I've been homeschooled on and off for a good portion of my life. Um, and then my dad actually was able to go active duty about, uh, the very beginning of my senior year. And at that time, obviously I had spent two years like building relationships with the people that I'd been going to school with. I had friends there. I had a girlfriend there at the time. I didn't want to leave. So I tried to make it work to stay. I was living with some family friends. Um, one thing led to another. I wasn't really happy being there anymore. So halfway through my senior year, I dropped out of that school packed up all my things and literally in like the span of like 48 hours I drove from Montana to Texas to go move back in with my family and that was around Thanksgiving time of I want to say 2017 I think after Thanksgiving I like got registered at school in Texas and then finished out my time there and then it's just been off and on I ended up moving obviously I live in Indiana now um, spent some time in Texas I wasn't really happy with my job. Um, my uncle reached out to me about coming to work for him. I said, I'm 20 years old, 19 at the time. I, there's no reason I have to stay here. So I packed my things and uh, we were actually, my whole family was going from Texas to Indiana for Christmas. So I just drove separately with all my stuff in my car, 
uh, came up to Indiana, had Christmas there. After Christmas, my family went back down to Texas, and I just stayed. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's a there's so many jumps and like twists and turns and all that. It's, what is it like going from you know, especially you talk about high school. What was it like to switch going through school that many times? It was it was definitely difficult because um, from there were a bunch of transitions that I had to make because when I was in like from second grade all the way up until my freshman year of high school, I had been homeschooled. So I wasn't like super accustomed to the public school system and how things worked. And then I went from my classroom being just me to um, being, I can't remember how big my class was when I was like my freshman year. It was a really big, really big school, like 2,500 students, I think. Bigger than I had ever anticipated. Um, And then moving to Montana, I was homeschooled for like a year again because my parents weren't sure if they wanted, they didn't really want me to go back to public school. And then like we went through that year and it just, the way that I learn and how I absorb information, it just wasn't, it wasn't working. Um, So I convinced them to let me go back back to public school again. And then at that school, I went from, so I went from 2,500 students in the whole school to about 200 my class was like 26 i think when i grad when i my graduating class in montana um and then back to texas obviously texas is massive so another really big school there i'm fortunate enough to be able to in those types of situations at least be more fluid in how i um adapt uh, there are some things in my life that I definitely like to have more rigid, but um, things like I actually didn't have too bad of a problem transitioning from each to each. Obviously, there were like mental, personal struggles, like leaving all your friends and everything, but I was pretty fortunate. It didn't hurt me too bad, but definitely comes with its own uh, hurdles for sure. I think it's really cool because um, the way we met, well, we met in person and we met online in two separate times but the way we met in person was related to you traveling i talked about this with brandon on his episode you came from indiana and brandon came from ohio and you guys came to the michigan show in grand rapids have you yeah that's right yeah have you traveled for like a ton of the shows because i know you've definitely gone to a lot more than i have i usually don't leave the state for my shows right um i actually we'll just keep his name out of it for, uh, for obvious reasons. Um, I hadn't gone to any of his shows until I was in Texas. And then I saw that there was going to be one in San Antonio where I was living. So that one I didn't really travel for. Um, I'd like had to drive across town, which was a feat in and of itself, but not as much, not several hours. Right. Um, but every show after that, I traveled several hours for, yeah, because like where I'm at in Indiana, there's not really any super major cities. Um, like the capital is two hours away, but that's like the big, probably the only place that a show like that would go. Yeah. That that person would book at. Um, so yeah, no, I've definitely, I've traveled, I traveled for every single show. Yeah. And, and it was just cause like I, when I was living in Indiana at the time, like when I was in Indiana, I hadn't, like I grew up here, but I never had any, um, 
I was never really able to make any connections with people my age again, because they, anyone that I had grew up with had either gone off to college or we didn't really have anything in common anymore. So, um, I was, I jumped at the opportunity to travel to those things because I was like, these are people that I have something in common with that I can hang out with and enjoy the company of. And I don't really care that I have to drive three, four hours, whatever, sleep in my car, whatever I have to do, you know? So you talk about, um, you know, kind of how it's hard to make those connections when you go back and forth. How did you and your girlfriend meet? Uh, my current girlfriend and I, we actually met at work, which um, a lot of people don't recommend um, working with your significant other just because it can uh, cause issues. Like if you have a problem with each other at work, then you take it home and then it's just a whole debacle. We've actually been able to we work in different departments. Technically we work in the restaurant. She works in front of house. I work in back of house. So there's not really a whole lot of cross. Um, and she and I, we don't do a great job of communicating all the time, but when it's necessary to communicate, we like, we tend to leave home at the door when we go to work. So it doesn't affect too much. And like we uh, do our best to uh, vent our frustrations in a healthy way so that we don't bring work home too much because we deal with the same, not exactly the same. We have different struggles, but we like are around for each other's uh, problems at work. So it's not too bad, but yeah, we actually met at um, the restaurant I work at now that we both work at now. Um, uh, she is a bartender and then I work, she's a bartender slash manager. And then I work in the back of house as a cook slash supervisor. So you guys recently got your own place together this year, right? Yeah, we got our own place. Um, in, let's see, was it April or May of this year? I think, uh, we started like the move in process in April. I think we finished in May, but yeah. So at that point we've been together for a little over a year. We started dating in March of last year and then this year we got our own place together yeah nice so how is kind of the because you know the pandemic kind of changes a lot of things has that affected you guys at all a little bit um when like when quarantine was happening we weren't living together yet um so like we were we were separate for a while and then at the time that we deemed that it was okay to kind of start reintegrating because we had been by, we had been quarantined for so long. She was spending more time at my place and I was spending some more time at her place. Um, and we were able to kind of like feel out how it was going to be living together. Um, it's definitely, definitely different. Um, obviously no one in our day and age has been able to experience what life like this is like. So everybody is kind of figuring it out right now. Um, and our, our house is pretty small. So even though like sometimes you get people who are stuck in the same place together, they can kind of separate a little bit. Our house is kind of like a shoebox. You can't really separate a whole ton, but, um, we've been doing our best and it hasn't been too bad. We, we, uh, we figured it out. That's good. And I've seen, um, to talk about kind of your relationship with video games and streaming, I see you've been doing it and keeping up with it, especially during you know, the time of quarantine and the pandemic, I wanted to ask you what your earliest memory with video games is. My earliest memory with video games. Um, it's gotta be probably like 
playing those like flash games on did you ever watch pbs as a kid like the on like the flash games on pbs kids yeah. like those or um did you ever have uh do you know what a v smile is the little plug and play uh yeah. machine yeah so i remember having one of those as a kid we didn't have uh any kind of a console at my house growing up until the wii came out um but then other like i would go over to friends houses and we would i would play games at their place but i think that probably the first um like memory i have of playing video games is like being really eager to ask like we go over to my grandparents house or something and they had better internet so i'd be like hey could i could, could i get on your computer and play some play some games um but that's probably way back in shoot i don't know I would have to be like probably eight years old. So it would be 2006 playing, uh, playing flash games on, uh, the Disney channel website and PBS kids, all those. What was, um, kind of the inspiring factor behind you starting to stream? Cause playing video games and streaming, you know, they go hand in hand, but they can also be very different. They're different experiences. Right. So my um, desire to start streaming actually stems from my theater background more um, because I've always, even since I was a little kid, um, loved entertaining. Um, and I started doing theater probably when I was 13 or 14. Um, I was homeschooled at the time. The group, the sometimes homeschoolers have groups of homeschoolers where they like congregate and they like go on field trips and stuff. This time um, it was to see uh, Annie, the musical. I'm pretty sure it was Annie. It was either Annie or Miracle on 34th Street. The show itself doesn't matter. But we went to go see a Christmas show. And then after the show or before the show, they were talking about how they were starting a, a junior production where kids could audition to be in shows. And the shows would be all children cast. And... Um, I was like, oh, that seems pretty cool. I had never really, like, as a 14-year-old, I was like, oh, that seems lame. Because I was, I, like, hadn't really been exposed to that kind of, to that scene yet, to that sort of culture. And uh, two of my friends at the time, this girl that I liked as a 14-year-old boy, and her friend were like, no, we should go on audition. So, like, I went with them to the audition. Um signed up, auditioned myself. I ended up getting into the show um, through like the rehearsal process of that, singing in front of people, um, being in costumes that I was like super uncomfortable in because I was like, I, there was one costume I had. I had, to wear, I had to wear tights. I had never worn tights before. I was 14. I didn't know what was going on, man. I was just really stressed. But as soon as I hit the stage and like, where I was just performing for the people out there, just seeing them laugh, seeing how, like, hearing them clap, it, like, sparked something in me. It was, even thinking about it puts a smile on my face. It's kind of, it's such a long time ago. Um, but that is what was the catalyst for me streaming because I haven't been able to, I haven't been able to get into the theater in a long time since I was in high school. And it was like towards the end of my senior year that I started like pursuing the avenue of streaming. I was like, well, I'm sitting in front of this TV screen playing video games for 
six hours every night. Why don't I try and make people laugh while I do it? So I've been streaming for, I've been streaming off and on for since I was in high school. So like four years, three, four years. Um, but only very recently started like pursuing it heavily. Have you found that the more you get into streaming and, you know, you talk about when you're doing performances, kind of your confidence level goes up. Have you found that doing those streams and putting yourself out there more is building your confidence? I, I think it definitely does help a little bit. I've honestly, since, um, having the background in theater, I don't necessarily have as much of an issue with confidence. I'm pretty fortunate to be a very outgoing person despite how introverted I am at the same time, I don't really get, it's kind of, it's hard to make me uncomfortable, you know? Um, I, and honestly, it kind of depends on the situation. If I know that it doesn't, if something doesn't call for a way to act a certain way, I won't do it. But if I feel like this might be kind of weird, but I know people are going to enjoy it, I'll do it. Um, but I definitely think that, streaming and just talking to people in general definitely does help my uh my public speaking and confidence and just being able to introduce myself to new people because like as a streamer especially especially a small streamer like i am you don't necessarily know everyone that's gonna pop in like and the same is true for big streamers but like there's so many people you can't obviously uh introduce yourself to all of them but like, I'll just get some random person hop in. I've never, never heard of them, never spoken to them. Don't know the first thing about them, but I can, I can, um, connect with them on a common interest as whatever game it is that I'm playing. So it definitely helps. One of the things that I think is really cool about that is you can meet a lot of new people and you meet people that you know, you otherwise have zero connection with you literally wouldn't have meant them in any other way. Have you right. built relationships with some of those people that you've met through streaming? Um, through streaming, not so much. I haven't, uh, there's definitely been some people like I actually, I was playing a new game last night and one of the people who worked on the game as a developer, like popped into my stream and was like talking to me about the game and like asking me questions about it. And so that was, that was really cool. Um, hopefully he sticks around and comes to one of my streams, but that remains to be seen. Um, there are definitely some people that I have that have started that have come to my streams, uh, several times. They're a recurring viewer that I've been able to build up a relationship with, but, um, more so, um, I have friends that I made back in like 2016 on Xbox that I still talk to today. So gaming in general has definitely uh, introduced me to lots of new people, not so much streaming, but just the social network of online gaming yeah. has um, introduced me to like lifetime friends. You, when you're pursuing streaming, you have to spend a lot of time on the internet. How do you kind of balance, you know, the good with the toxicity, especially the part of the circles that we have been a part of in the, in the past, there's a lot of, drama or you know the internet just kind of gets to you how do you decompress and kind of not let that take over your life it's definitely hard and i definitely struggle with it sometimes but if i recognize that i am starting to feel overwhelmed by the things that i'm consuming 
or I'm just getting like super stressed out about whatever. Cause I struggle with, I struggle with anxiety and depression, just like loads of other people. And then you throw ADHD on top of it. And I'm just a whole jumble of a brain chemistry mess. Um, but if I can recognize that I'm starting to get overwhelmed or stressed out by those things, I do my best. I just, you just got to put the phone away. You just got to go on a walk, have something to eat, drink some water, put on your favorite TV show, read a book, something. I use, um, I use fitness as a big catalyst for my anxiety and depression relief. So, um, like if I'm feeling real gross, I, sometimes I just go and lift for a while. Even if I've gone again, maybe I just go for a run or something, but, um, working out's definitely helped me deal with anxiety and stuff like that. So you just got to know when to step away, honestly, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own way of dealing with things. I wanted to talk to you about your history with working out and weightlifting and weight training, because that was also, especially when we met, that was like a huge thing for you. Like streaming and video games was like half. And then being an insane weightlifter is the other half. Right. How did you, I wouldn't say (laughs) it's insane to me. I can't do any of that. I would never, you know, I can lift maybe the 15 pound dumbbell and I'm good. And that's it for me. How did you get into that? Um, when I, I growing up, I was always, um, small in stature. Um, my, uh, my dad's not, uh, well, he is now because he started working out too, but my dad growing up too, wasn't a very, uh, wasn't a big person. Uh, my mom wasn't a big person. So I genetically, I wasn't, uh, set out to be like a mountain of a human. Um, and I was very insecure about my size and my weight growing up. I, when I was like 10, 12, more often than, uh, necessary or okay. Like I would have even family members give me a hard time about like, why don't you eat a cheeseburger, put some meat on your bones. And that really, really didn't help me for a long time. So even so like from a young age, like 10 or 12, I, um, would work out just like by, uh, calisthenics. I would do like lots of push-ups and lots of pull-ups cause I only weighed like 70 pounds or whatever. So doing pull-ups was easy because it's not a whole lot of weight to move. So I like built a foundation that way. And then as soon as I got into, uh, like before I started going to public school, I didn't really have, that was it. I was, it was calisthenics, push-ups and pull-ups and stuff like that. And then when I started going to public school, I had access to a weight room and a gym that I, so the, the weight room days in gym class as a freshman, those are my favorite because I could get in there and I could put some real work in, I could sweat. And it was like, that was, that was my favorite day of the week. Um, so fitness in general, it started out because I just wasn't happy with the way that I looked and I wanted to change it. I wanted to do something about that. And then it sort of developed into, um, I want to, I want to get stronger. I want to, I want to get bigger without like taking anything. I just want to, I just want to put in the work. I want to put in the time and show what it is that I can do. Um, and then over time it developed into, all right, I want to see how strong I can get because 
I started competing in powerlifting and that's a whole other ball game rather than just regular fitness for one's own personal health. Yeah. I think that's really respectable because you know, the philosophy that goes into that is very much, you have to grind to get to where you want to be and it's not easy. And it's the same thing that you do with, you know, streaming and how much you work. You're, I've always known you to be a really hard worker and a really respectable person. So I definitely see that like coming into your personality. What was, how did you get into um, the competitions and stuff? Um, I just from watching like fitness videos on YouTube, I ended up finding like different uh, people who competed. Um, and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I started like uh, researching um, different um, people and like uh, programs for like powerlifting and uh, techniques and stuff like that. It wasn't actually until moving to moving to Indiana that I ended up meeting my coach who I still work with to this day. Um, he is uh, he holds a couple uh, state records for bench press in Indiana. Um, real strong guy, real awesome dude. Um, but I met him through, he was in a relationship with my aunt at the time, but that's unimportant. That's how I met him. He was dating my aunt. Um, and I just like, I went over to his house. I went over, I saw him one day and I was talking to him about it. And he, uh, I just, I hit him up on Instagram and I was like, just wanted to strike up a conversation about getting coaching and like, cause I wasn't at that point in time, I wasn't following any sort of program. A lot of people just go into the gym and they decide, all right, today I'm going to hit legs and I'm going to hit arms. But I wanted to get more structured and I wanted to like start building towards something. And so after like a couple months of training with him, I was like, Hey, I think I might want to compete. And so, uh, at that point, um, he started, he like switched up my program a little bit. I got signed up for me. Uh, did lots of work. I ended up, I injured myself a little bit in the process. I, um, still don't really know exactly what happened as I never got diagnosed for it, but I assume it was a problem with my back. I had like a pinched nerve. Um, whenever I squatted, one of my legs would go numb to the touch. It was really, a lot of people would get really scared by that, but I was just like, ah, it's probably fine. I'm not worried about it. I just won't squat anymore. Um, but yeah, did lots of prep for that. And then I think it was in August of 2018, I competed in my first powerlifting meet in push pull, which is just bench and deadlift. Um, and I, after that, I was hooked. I took a little bit of time off after that. Cause I had started, I had been, uh, it was like eight months in my new job at that point. Um, and wanted to focus more on that because I, I have a tendency to take on too much at a time and I, I'm not able to focus on each thing that I want to do as much as I'd like to. And then like, I start getting lazy in all of them at the same time. And then I'm just unhappy. And so I have to like take a moment reset and kind of only focus on one thing for a while. But, um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been powerlifting for like two years, but weight training in general for like six roughly. So and I was going to compete again earlier this year, but with COVID, I just kept every meet that I signed up for I ended up getting canceled a couple of weeks out from it because COVID just kept getting worse and worse. And it seems to even to this day, keep getting worse and worse. So, 
in Michigan, we had a lot of um, stuff shut down. Pretty much everything in April was shut down. And then for most of May, stuff was shut down too. Like our gyms were all shut down. They, I think right. they only opened recently. Um, did you take a break from working out? Um, after everything, after all the gyms and everything closed down here, I, we, I talked to my coach and we like developed a way to work out from home so that I could keep prepping. Cause I still had, I, cause I was still in meat prep. I wanted to keep, I wanted to keep working. So I was doing like some real prison style workouts, like in the, in the stone yard, uh, like working with cinder blocks type at, uh, my place for uh, like a month it was for all of quarantine that I was quarantined. Cause like I wasn't quarantined for as long as some people because my job was shut down. And then when they started opening up restaurants, that's when I got to go back to work. So, and they, you say, like I say that they are opening up restaurants. They wasn't to a hundred percent capacity. There was loads of uh, precautions that we like underwent uh, during that time. So we weren't being irresponsible, but we were able to start coming back to work. Um, and that's kind of when that slowed down because I started getting busy again. And then, um, the gyms opened back up and I was able to get back in the gym, but yeah, no, it was, it was home, lots of body weight, some cinder block work from my house. I was fortunate enough to have at my old place. I had like a little patio balcony that I just kind of turned into a little home gym while I was there. Has, um, to kind of talk about the effect of, you know, working out in hand in hand with your mental health, because that's something that we both struggle with. I still struggle with anxiety and depression. And one of the things that helped me was working out more. And I am, if you could see my full body, I am very clearly on a break from that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Has, how has working out and, you know, going from, because you were talking about your body type when you were younger, that is something that definitely affected your mental health. How have those two kind of been hand in hand? Like my mental health in regards to my physical state? Yeah. Um, I still struggle with, um, I would, I don't want to say I struggle with body dysmorphia, but I definitely have those thoughts. Sometimes I definitely see myself as, more uh small or frail than i actually am most days um which is hard because i know that i'm not but i still look at myself and i feel like i am i'm i like i look at myself and i'm like you know i i could be bigger i could be i could be more cut or whatever but um so it's it's hard because you would think that i've put in all this time and that thing that struggle that I initially have would just go away, but I don't, it hasn't necessarily done that. So that's while working out and fitness in general does help with my anxiety and just my mental health in general, there are definitely some like negative side effects of it. And I don't necessarily know how to fix that. Uh, I don't know that anyone really, except for maybe therapy knows how to fix that. Um, but it definitely, um, I have definitely helped by it. 
Um, I don't have, like, if I'm at home and my girlfriend notices that I'm extra grumpy, she's like, have you gone to the gym today? I'm like, no. And she's like, you should do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. And then I go and then I come back and I'm in a much better mood and it's fine. Cause you know, working out, it releases endorphins. It's like, it's just science. There's no magic like reason that I feel better after working out. It's like your brain produces dopamine and it just makes you feel better. So we talked about you traveling for concerts and a lot of things like that. Um, have you traveled for a lot of different artists? I know like when I was talking to Brandon, he's gone to like, it's got to be at least a few hundred shows. Like how deep are you into kind of that community? I'm really not like at all. The only shows I traveled for were his and it was like specifically because yeah, sure. I like the music, but it was more, I traveled for the people and I didn't, uh, the people to hang out with the people to visit and spend time with. Um, because I wasn't really connected with any other sort of fandom, any other groups of people. So there wasn't any reason for me to put me in a socially stressful situation like a concert because I do get stressed out at those things. Um, so unless I'm with people that I want to be around, I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Not to say that I wouldn't go to like a 21 Palace concert or like I'm really into metal right now. Not that I wouldn't go mosh, but um, it's just I have never been part of a group of people that I like knew and trusted and loved that I could go and do those things with like I was with that person. So how do you think that um, because, you know, we talk about I've talked with a few people about kind of our we have a weird relationship with celebrities in general where I think these people are held kind of on a pedestal and it's hard to separate it and just realize that they are, you know, normal people who right. just happen to be more popular. Um, what is kind of your opinion on how social media has blown that up a lot? Because people get so engrossed in things and they get so hooked on to people. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that we as a society have to realize like, yeah, those celebrities are just normal people and they have normal struggles, but that doesn't separate them at all from the guy that you live down the street from. Like if he did those things, he's just as bad as the other person with a million followers. Like there's no reason that you can't hold both of them to the same amount of accountability or forgive them in the same amount. Um, it's hard because you want to like, you see someone that you admire doing, or you hear someone that you admire has done bad things or does bad things currently. And you don't want to like, you don't want to accept it because it's just like you held them to this, to this level. And you want to, you want them to own up to that um, title that you've given them in your mind. And it's just, it's hard because they're just regular people. And I think, but at the same time, those people have to realize the effect that they have and the reach that they have and hold themselves accountable and not just be shitty people. I don't, I'm sorry for swearing. I don't know if swearing is okay. It is. It's okay. You can cut that out. But 
I just, it's hard because you just, you don't want people to suck. And sometimes people just suck. And it sucks, especially when they're people that you like a lot. Has this changed how you look at people kind of? Because I think for me and a few other people, I am a very paranoid person, which is very much rooted in my anxiety. And I'm a little bit, I'm trying to work on my cynicism or my pessimism. Has this kind of changed how you look at people a little bit? I think a little bit. I think I'm more um, cautious when I look at how, when I look at someone that I would like to admire um, when it comes to someone of status or someone who I like, I appreciate their content. I'm going to be more critical of how I view them and less, um, less sheepish in how I follow them. Um, like nobody's perfect. Everybody's got flaws. So at the very, at the very least, I think out of that event, it, I came out better because now I'm less, um, I just don't, I like read into things more. I don't like allow myself to just kind of blindly follow anything, which is nice. No, I definitely am slightly paranoid like yourself. Like I just have a hard time trusting um, anybody of status as much anymore, which sucks because you don't want to have to be like um, cautious of people all the time. But sometimes it's necessary because you just, you got to protect yourself, especially after you've been hurt. I wanted to talk about the, we've talked about the effect on quarantine on kind of how your weightlifting and your streaming and your job, but how has it affected you personally and mentally? Because it's a lot to, like you said, your quarantine was a little bit shorter, but you're still dealing with effects of everything from the pandemic. Right. Yeah. So like I still, obviously I wasn't stuck inside as much as some people, like a lot of people were unemployed for months and months and months. Um, at the very beginning, I was very, very stressed. Zyke, I had to deal with filing for unemployment and the stresses of dealing with that. I didn't realize that when filing for unemployment, you had to actively ask for the money every week. I don't know if it's the same in Michigan or Georgia yeah. where you were at the time. Um, so like the first couple of weeks I went by not receiving any money. And then I went back and I was like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to ask for it every week. Um, so that was stressful. Obviously my girlfriend was stressed about it because we both worked at the same place. We both got laid off because of the pandemic. So I had to help her go through her struggles. Um, so at the very beginning, it was definitely really hard. Um, now I think that we're at a point where like the masks and everything is pretty normalized. So it doesn't like going out doesn't stress me out as much. The only thing that stresses me out now when I like leave the house is when I see people not wearing masks or wearing them incorrectly. And I'm like, dude, there's literally signs everywhere. It's not that big a deal. Just put it on. And like, there's people all over making content about how stupid it is to wear a mask or how stupid it is not to wear a mask. So I don't need to harp on that. But like, that's really the only thing anymore. At the beginning, it was finances. And like the idea of another lockdown kind of stresses me out, like uh, for the same reason. Um, and 
also in the future, like when we have to file taxes next year, how's that going to look? Um, taxes in general stress me out. So like extra difficult taxes, that's going to be fun. But, um, yeah, anymore, I feel like I, uh, the masks and everything is pretty, pretty normalized. And I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. I don't see a scenario where anymore, like going forward, I don't know how long it'll be before people stop wearing masks. Um, and I don't even know, like, I'm not a medical professional. I don't know logistically how difficult it is to eradicate something like the coronavirus. So I don't know like how long it'll be before people just stop wearing them. Like I'll probably continue to wear them for at least the next year, maybe even year and a half. So I think that's a really good point because, you know, you think about the future and what comes next because, you know, God willing, we do get rid of the coronavirus somehow or we suppress it. Um, I don't really see myself not wearing a mask for the foreseeable future. Right. So I think our perception has very much changed because if you look at the way we used to do stuff, like even sitting in a movie theater, it's like I sat in this room with 200 other people all that close to me. Like, I can't believe some of the stuff we used to do. So right. it's kind of weird. Right. I rubbed elbows with this sweaty guy next to me for three hours during Endgame, and now I won't even stand six feet away from him. So what do you – have you and your girlfriend kind of talked about what you guys think is next? Like, as far as uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic? Yeah, and as what what kind of steps you guys want to take going forward from here? Um, personally, like she and I were actually we're um looking at potentially moving in in a year, like next summer. Uh, we kind of want to move towards a bigger city because she likes living in more populated areas more, and I personally don't mind either way. Um, just because my lifestyle, as long as I have a gym that I can go to and fast internet connection, I'm fine. So I don't really mind, um, living in a super populated area. I actually prefer it because both of those things are more easily accessible when there's more people around. Um, uh, but we both have talked about how, like with, uh, with Biden being the president elect, how likely it is that we get another lockdown and what that means for us. And we're both not really sure how we're going to handle that. She also wants to pursue content creation. So we're trying to look at the bright side of things like, Hey, if we're stuck inside for another couple months, at least we get to put more energy and more heavily pursue this passion that we both share, which is kind of the thing that's keeping us both afloat mentally. Like, Hey, it sucks if we get laid off again, but A, it means that we're going to be better handling the pandemic and hopefully uh, suppress the virus. And B, we'll be able to put more time into our work. So, yeah, I think that's because it's so hard to even, you know, back in March, we were thinking, okay, what's going to happen in the next three weeks? And then you know, in April, it's like, okay, what are we going to do for the next month? And yeah. now we're here. So have you found yourself having any other like long-term plans that you're kind of not really thinking about? Like I've found myself more so living kind of just day to day at this point. Yeah, it's very, um, I, 
I definitely have a long-term goal in mind for myself and my streaming career, but as far as like everything else, I'm pretty, we're pretty day to day, honestly, or at the very least week to week. Um, I was pretty fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to be relatively busy over the summer with my job, like pulling 60 plus hours a week over there. So crazy overtime, um, and able to save some of that money up so that if something like if the country gets shut down again, I'll be relatively comfortable. Um, but no, I don't like, uh, like I said before, we have a, a tentative plan to try and move in a year when our lease is up uh, at our current place. Uh, but other than that, and like I have a goal to try and make streaming a full-time gig in X amount of time. I don't want to jinx myself, but um like we're just putting in the work every day, just doing our best to get better. That's all that matters really. Well, I think um, we're all out of topics. We've gone for about an hour. Um, so if you want to do any self plugs or tell people where they can find you now, is that time to put it out there? Well, I stream pretty irregularly on Twitch. Um, I want to get a more solid schedule out, but with everything that's been happening with everything, my schedule at my job is pretty irregular, but you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Siffler plays or literally any social media under the same tag. I uh, did my best to get everything under the same handle. So Stifler plays on whatever social media platform you prefer. Um, and that's me. I like anime video games and weightlifting making content for all the above yeah well i'm really happy i could get you on here and talk to you because i definitely like i've said in past episodes i have a list of people that i very much would like to have on the show and talk to and you're definitely on that list so i'm glad we got to do it well i appreciate you having me scholar it's been a lot of fun yeah well i guess with that we'll go ahead and end the recording so thank you so much for coming on thank you Thank you so much again, Chase, for coming on the show. It's always positive getting to talk to you and catch up, and especially in these days where you don't see people as often or maybe don't have such long-term personal conversations in these times of struggle, and I think they're really important. So I'm glad that you guys could listen in and hear what we said for ours. Links to all of his social media and his Twitch profile will be in the description of the show. Before we go, I wanted to thank everyone again for the continued support of the show and all the kind words, and thank you for coming back and spending some time with us here every week or whenever you listen, if you listen all in a row or maybe you take a few weeks in between. However you spend your time, I'm just glad that you could spend some of it with us here. Our moon phase tonight is a waning gibbous, so be sure to look up at the night sky, at the bright and beautiful moon, to take some time to reflect and remember we're all going to keep moving forward, and in the end, things will be okay. In a world where we can be anything, why not be the coffee grounds? And with that, we've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this trip to the watering hole, and I hope you'll join me again. In the meantime, stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye.